previously on the Understanding a Man podcast. Which is basically we're moving into the subdivisions and white folks were like, nah, we don't want them here. And they left those subdivisions. I, but but yours that's is the thing that happened. That's, and, that's, and that's why like even today, like actually yesterday and maybe last week, when the president of the United States, the guy who's in the White House right now, puts, it, puts on Twitter that suburban yep. women yep. <laughs> don't be afraid of low-income children moving to your suburbs. Joe Biden, yes, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, if Joe Biden gets elected, then you have to worry about this element and that element moving in. Don't worry about that because I'm basically not going to let that happen. Which you, that, those kind of, it's not even thinly veiled in the highest office of the land. So, you know, you talk about like all of these things that have happened over, over history, you know, like the Fair Housing Act, you know, we're we battling that, trying to make those things work. These issues, like Cecil said, they're still, they're still there. But just to add to what, just to add to that statement, I don't know if you guys have, I don't know if you guys have thought about this, but what we've seen in the past few months uh, with, you know, for example, John Lewis, the death of John Lewis and, and the death of other peoples, it's really what needs to happen is a passing of a torch onto the next generation of, of leadership. Right. It's gonna take it's gonna take this to a different level. And what I mean by different level is this, and I might get eggs and tomatoes and apples thrown at me for saying this, but okay, it's all right. we have to think of a, we need to think of a different way and we need to be having a different conversation than okay. we had, we've had in years past. Those things that worked, that got us where we are today, uh-huh. which, obviously, which obviously ain't good enough, right? But they right. did, but, they, but incrementally, those, those things that got us where we are today don't work in today's world. And, and at some point, at some point, we have to change the conversations and, and, and have different conversations. I'm so glad you said that, Fred, because that's really... This is why I watch my boy Fred Schwarzschild. <laughs> and now, you know for part three of the um, three-part series, how you feel, I want to give, you know, just my testimony, and then you guys can just share your piece with us, Fred. I love that transition. I don't know. I'm going to make a toast because we still alive. No big... I feel yeah, like dude, pop. Right? Um, Shoot the uh, shot. So, I'm coming in. Man, it, it because I had to really go into myself. And so during that time, I hadn't seen um, my son, you know, he's 20, 20, 25 now. And so I hadn't seen him for a couple of days. And I was just like, you know, I called him because I had already talked to my son who was in the house, Avion. But uh, Marcus, I hadn't seen him in a little bit because, you know, working. And I said, I called him to say, you know, son, how do you feel? And he was like, you know, uh, elevated version of the conversation. He was just basically like, dad, you know, I'm not going to be out here looting and all that stuff, but what do, what do you really want me to do with my anger? Where am I going to put it? And when he said that, it, you know, as a parent, you don't want your child to hurt because you're just like, oh, you're hurting. And you have nowhere to put it. And then I'm looking on the news and seeing where people are putting their hurt and uh, just hearing different conversations. And so, you know, I, I share with him with regard to understanding a man and, 
one of the pieces that um, you know I fight to fight just a little bit differently because you know in order to improve our communities we need to improve these families in order to improve these families we need to improve the individuals and so in doing that the individuals like everybody that's on this phone of just you know just working through from a personal development perspective so if I can be a key piece over there to help people shift their energy a little bit different that's that's where I fight the fight you know and so um, to Fred's point, as you shift your energy, uh, you know, Cami, I want to throw this to you with regard to what are you, what are you doing to maybe shift your energy or to, you know, fight the fight outside of this, maybe some of the things that they just showed us out there, you know, that we're just doing violently, if you will. I don't know that I'm necessarily uh, doing that part as well as I would like. Okay. You know, okay. I, 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 that's, I, honest. I, that's good. I do have a little bit of a revolutionary, um, you know, part of my DNA that's struggling. Mm-hmm. I re- I think it was John Lewis where they were, you know, looking back at some of his previous conversations um, and um, and um, maybe interviews or what have you. And he said, and I, I think he said something along the lines of maybe Fred, you can, you know, ju- uh, quantify the statement. He said, um, "We knew, we knew." He's talking about the civil rights movement. And, you know, he, he said he knew, we knew that whenever we were going out to march, that some of us weren't coming home. Mm-hmm. We, I think, he, I think, I don't know, Fred, I, I, golly, I, I don't want to quote, but I, I pay attention to social studies, so. Okay, you know. let's just, let's ascribe it to John Lewis because it's a powerful statement, you know what I mean? Um, but I think, I think he said that when we went out to march and we went out to protest, we knew that some of us weren't coming home. And we were okay with that because we knew that's what it took in order to move things forward and to make progress. Mm-hmm. And so there's an aspect of like the spirit, I guess, to your original question, there's an aspect to the spirit of this entire conversation of racism that I feel like I'm not stepping up to the plate. Because when, you, when you're talking about putting your life towards something that matters, they did that. And that's why we talk about them. Mm-hmm. We, talk, we talk about those great men because they put it all on the line. They had wives and they had children too. They had aspirations and dreams and things that they wanted to accomplish. But, they, but for whatever reason, to them, it was like, and, you know, I read this quote uh, today and it said that comfort is where dreams go to die. Like when, you know, you give a man, you, oh, you give him, he said, he, said, he said, if you give a man um, consistent, <laughs> um, consistent, um, um, I don't know if it was like consistent good sex, you know, consistent good sex, good food, and cheap entertainment. His dreams will die. Something along those lines, because com- com- comfort is a drug, and that's where something like that. I have to go find it. But the point I'm making is that I think that there's been this neutralization that's taken place over the last 40 years, oh, yeah. maybe 50 years since Dr. King, uh, since Dr. King was assassinated, that we like life ain't that bad, and so now that it's good enough to where you don't want to lose what you got. You know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm too comfortable. And if I'm going to attack the problem, either attack it or don't, or leave it alone. But to do it halfway is what frustrates me. Right. And so I, so, so in my dialogue online and David and I had this conversation about just, you know, man, be bold, be fearless, be strong, be unlocked, right? Say what you got to say. And if it's right, then say it. But even that, I still feel like part of it is just incomplete. And so when you ask me, how do I feel? Like, man, internally, I'm challenged. 
because right. there's nothing that I want to do. I mean, that, no, no, but I think that that's okay to say. You know what I'm saying? That if you're still traveling through that moment, I think that's okay to say. Well, you ask me, I'm gonna tell you. I'm just, you know, I'm just telling. I'm oh, just no, telling no, you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm <laughs> if you wouldn't have asked me, I may not have said it. So I appreciate it, you know. But I, you know, I just, man, listen. We, you know, there's a guy named Jack Youngblood. I don't know if you're old enough to remember that football player. He played for the Rams and he played with a broken leg. He played in a game with a broken leg, and he, he's like a he's like a football legend because right. that's the that's the grittiness of the sport. Right. When Kobe Bryant when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles and he right. walked to the free throw line and sank two free throws, that's why he's a hero. Right. Not because he was good, but c- because he was the Mamba. Right. He was like, I don't care if I got a you got a wheelchair me to the free throw line. I'm shooting these two sides. That's the part I think is missing in leadership to use uh, Fred's word. It's the passing of the torch of leadership. And it might be, it, it might be where the passing of the torch of the, the, the great orators was passed, but not the spirit of the ones that were willing to risk it all for it. You know, there's people that can say what was said and what needs to be said, but how many of them are willing to do what it takes to make it happen in their lifetime? See, so what or, you got? or not in their lifetime. And I want to jump in there. Or not, or next. Or, yeah, right. Thank you. That's, that's <laughs> why, you know, my brothers. Well, go, going into what Cami just said, you know, I believe that there are a bunch of leaders that are out here right now, but they're filtered out by, you know, what you close with. What are you going to, are you going to put your life on the line? Because we've collected right. data for years, and that data has shown that Martin Luther King put his life on the line, right? You know, uh, uh, Asada Shakur, she might not be dead, but if she didn't flee over to Cuba, she'd be dead, right? right? right. <laughs> dead. You know, right. Everybody who does it ends up dead or in jail. And Never. I'm not Never. saying, I, I think that's the filter. I think that's the filter where a lot of us are scared. You know, I, I, I go back to today's time. I think about where someone um, like Tupac would have been in his 50s. What type of revolutionary leader would he have been at this point in time, right? If he wasn't killed at that time, I think it would have eventually happened because every time one of us rises and our voice is way too loud, um, that's what happens. You know, um, I hope I'm not jumping ahead, Elam, and and if I am, you're going to stop me. But when we talk about when we talk about the the Black Lives Matter movement, right? That was immediately branded as a terrorist organization. Whoa, that hashtag is way too powerful. Whoa, what is that? Let us brand this as a terrorist organization. Let's kill it right now, right? And I think that that's a metaphor. What's happening for you know a lot of our leaders? You know, obviously, or literally for the Black Lives. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a metaphor, literally, for the black life. That's said enough. That's what it is. Right. And, and if you don't know what it feels like to not have what it looks like, not only in the news, but what it also feels like as you're matriculating through life, if anybody feels like that it's a terroristic thing or whatever, no, it's saying that, guess what? It looks like that we don't. We feel that we don't. And let's create this type of dialogue to, uh, you know, just kind of let's move, let's, let, let's try to move the ball forward. It's not about standing still and I'm pissed off at you and you pissed off at me. How can we move it forward? But before we do that, let's acknowledge this is a problem. 
And, um, you know, and, and, and I want to kick this to you, David, for a second, because I think that, you know, uh, or, or I'm going to ask with regard to, you know, is it that sometimes, you know, do you feel like that, you know, maybe some white folks are scared to admit it? Is it just that, is it a comfort thing? Um, or, or does it go back to your point earlier that you can't fathom it? So maybe that's why certain moves haven't been made by certain people. What do you think about that? Say the question again because it was kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot going yeah hey, listen. Why don't some folks? Why don't some? Why don't some white folks stand up and say, "Yo, this is wrong"? Why do you feel like that? That does not happen. We know that there's some that 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 are standing out there and, and, and with us or whatever. But why are some folks not saying something? Um. You know, I think we live in a world where we just stop challenging things, and it goes back to what everybody was saying. Like, this is just accepted, right? Like, and I think we get to a point where we're just, we're fed so much information that it's hard to process. Like, for me, like, I can't even fathom all that. And, like, you know, you have, you know, the compassion that goes out. Right. I'm right there with all of you guys, clearly, while we're having this conversation or with my friends. I just, I think it's just the not knowing and not having the courage to have these kind of questions to right. sit and listen, right? And we went through you know, the George Floyd case and you didn't hear like a lot from the community perspective on like what everybody was doing. And our church actually did like an open forum where they opened it up. They had African-American people come and sit on stage and they talked about how they were feeling. And it was more of, in my backyard, how it's affecting my community and not just so much on like this whole like social media tit for tat, like all race baiting, all these things. And it always turns into politics. You know what I mean? I just, I think we've just conditioned these conversations to be an I got you. And it just, I just think right. are really hard. Right. But you also have to be open to it. You know what I mean? Like I've been volunteering at the men's shelter that's predominantly African-American for the last like four years now. You know what I mean? So I've had those conversations with the guys and me being white, I wasn't accepted for like the first, I don't know, four months that I went there. And I would talk to the guy, <laughs> you know, there's a certain level of respect that I had and I go with good intentions, but you know, they see white people coming down and you have these parents that bring their kids and they're like, if you don't listen, you're gonna end up like these guys. And it was just a social experiment. <laughs> You know what I mean? So there was a loss of validity of actually doing the right thing, right? And I just, I don't know, my life has just led me to a lot of different perspectives and like being the only white person and just having that respect and going in with good intentions. Like like you said, right. like I have a big part because I care. And I teach my right. kids that. My wife is that. Like that's the values of in our home. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just think there's, it's not a simple like answer because it right. just it depends on your upbringing. I mean, my family is very country. Like I was born in the sticks. Like my first public school. Come on, David in the sticks. Yeah, I was in the sticks. <laughs> so my first year, so I went to Catholic school up until sixth grade. My high school that I went to, my first year in public school before we moved, I was only there one year. Our initials were concrete kids. There was no black people, <laughs> right? So that was like a real thing. And I remember being on the football team with all of my friends and then having them say all the racism and like watching these poor kids break down and cry, like that just like tore me apart on the inside. Right. You know what I mean? So I just think I've always had friends that made me aware. So like 
I have the empathy and the sympathy and the understanding, but like I'll never fully understand. And, and, and as we're looking towards, um, you know, just making a shift, guys, and just at this point, you know, I just want you to jump in uh, as we kind of wrap up because we, we obviously we can go for hours and, you know, it's going to get some things might get turned up a little bit. Yesterday, Biden announced who his, you know, uh, with regard to, I got to make sure I correct because I saw this on so Kamala Harris, because is it, it's not Kamala. It's, it's Kamala. Dang, I thought I had it right. <laughs> Hold on, Fred. We know you know, Fred. What is it? Kamala. Kamala Harris. Kamala. Okay. So, um, you know, and so that's, it, it, within 24, 48 hours, you just see stuff just flying all over. And it's like, really? So, you know, if, if we just had to bring us towards, you know, maybe what you as individuals are doing, just moving forward to move the movement, move beyond uh, some of the ignorance and just kind of prepare yourselves and your household or whatever. I mean, guys, just jump in. Like, just, you know, wh wh where do we go from here? I think we all have a platform, right? I think it's just the intentionality. And I think there's a lot of emotion and I just, to keep moving it forward, I think more conversations like this need to be happened where it's a lot more diverse and people just need to be open and to have these conversations. And it's not so much to have an answer, but to listen on how it affects everybody. You know what I mean? Like from our kids' perspective, because I think that's where my heart goes is like these kids come up and these just these torn, like it's just so much and they're all connected. I mean, you look at these kids, they all have iPads, they're on YouTube, like you're seeing all of these things coming up. And if those parents are filtering out, how that's affecting that. Right. Well said. Right. Uh, anybody else? I've got a, I've got a 60 year old uh, white neighbor who's a very nice, very nice gentleman. And right. uh, in any way, uh, this past, yeah. this, this past, this past weekend, he, you know, I mean, we, we actually talk a lot and, I, and I'm very fortunate to have good neighbors and we talk, all of us talk a lot. We communicate. Anyway, he approached me about the book. He was like, Brad, you know, I just, he's like, I just read this fascinating book called White Fragility. He's like, would you be, he's like, I, I just have some questions I want to talk to you about. He's like, would you be interested? And, in, you know, he was, I could tell there was like a little bit of discomfort. Yeah, that's awesome. And him, and him like, I was like, sure. I was like, yeah, I, I, yeah, sure. And he asked me how one of my other neighbors, who is African-American, he said, do you think that she would like that too? I was like, oh, yeah, 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 she's cool. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, yeah, let's talk about that. Let's have that conversation. Let's talk about, you know, because he's, because he is more of a, you know, because he is, he's kind of, his politics are progressive. But that book challenges that you know challenges the notion of that and that that's that oh, wait 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 so say that one say well, what is he's, it he's progressive white you know because some fragility. people yeah yeah white fragility and uh you know he's progressive in but but being progressive you know is not if you're not challenging systems because that's what racism is right. it's not just we think of like classically we think of racist as somebody who like overtly mistreats a person of a different race color ethnicity yeah. or whatever but racism is those are the systems that are in place that allow these things to allow these things to persist. And if you are a beneficiary of that system, then you are participating in racism. And if you don't, if you're not aware of that, then you you're probably racist and you don't realize it. You know, so like you're so the conversations I think it go from you know, the the old school overt behavior, obviously, 
people don't, you know, people in the South have been traditionally nice. Even if they're racist, they'll give you a sweet tea and say, bless your heart. We're having conversations about the, system, the systems that allow discrimination to persist and, and all of that. We're having more pointed, more focused conversations. And listen, it, it, I, I, and I, if I offended it, it doesn't matter by laughing because sometimes some of these things in the South, like I'm still getting used to the sweet tea thing. Like that's still, everybody got tea with a little uh, cognac in it in the South. Um, but uh, they, people always say the other, I, I, I more like people in the South because they'll call you a nigga to your face. You know what I'm saying? And anybody up North is might going to put a, you know, put something over that. So it, it, the way you just said that, Fred, that was one of the things that just popped in my head because I'm like, you know. Your heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cecil, Kevin, anything? Um, so, so to expand on what, what uh, Cammie and Kevin had gotten into, because I think it was very powerful what, what, they, were, what they were sharing. Um, we, we tend to romanticize our, our prior heroes as doing it in a nice and peaceful way. And I call bullshit on that because peaceful is not going out knowing you're going to get beat within an inch of your life and having dogs sick on you in water. That's not peaceful. It's peaceful for who? So I would agree with Fred that the old playbook needs to be changed. Um, I think we've, we've, and unfortunately we've stuck in the mud relative to our mindsets um, on how we approach these things. We have Reverend Al Sharpton, we have Jackson and others that are willing to jump up and consistently push the old playbook um, and allow these things to continue to happen until 2020. Um, something needs to change. And the, and the, the problem is, um, somebody had positioned this, and I'm, I'm, forgive me, I'm forgetting who said it, is that somebody came out and asked them what to do, right? As our kids are coming and talking to us about what to do, imagine right. when they're in college and they're asking you that question, what to do? Um, and the, the, the challenge for myself was understanding there are certain things I didn't know when we had to have that conversation. So as an example, how many, how many of us know how many seats are up for Senate coming up? How many for in the House of Representatives coming up? How many are we really, how closely are we aligned to the news that's happening on a consistent basis and where we have power in that space? Who have we talked to? Um, conversations like Fred's having with his neighbors. I have a neighbor that walked up to have that conversation. Very awkward conversation because the whole time he was saying, um, um, what's he, as an African-American, as the way he was using it, it was like, it was the first time you've heard African-American before and now you're using it. It's okay <laughs> to say I'm black. <laughs> an Afro-American. Come on, bro. Afro, Just say I'm, black. <laughs> I'm black. You might as well say Negro. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's when you go, and, and, and where I feel and empathize, because this is what's always, is I'm <clears throat> the person's coming from. Because right now, folks that want to be allies are walking around on eggshells because they don't know who they're going to piss off and how. And I've seen it happen. Somebody were well-intentioned, wanting to be an ally, and we we crap all over them because the, the, the situation is raw, unfortunately. So when, I, when, when, when the kids are asking us, what do I do? Make sure your ass is voting if you're old enough to do it. Make sure you as a parent hold the responsibility of understanding how to research what's happening, what's coming up. So that we do know how many 35 seats in the Senate are coming up. All of the House of Representatives seats are coming up. And who the hell you're voting for so that you don't end up in a booth with a nice catchy name and you're voting for them that way. Yeah. And not just vote down one particular damn ticket. Get over yourselves on that. If you're voting all Democrat, believe me, believe me, you're going to end up back in the same situation. If you're voting all Republican, same thing. 
be educated around what's going on in our area and how we can change it. And as parents, we're responsible to say that to our kids. And if you're not, you're failing your children. I promise you, you're failing your children. Listen, guys. No, what is that? No, I'm saying so. That's what you do. And by the way, label the damn KKK as a domestic terror terrorism organization. We're gonna do it to Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry. That's all I have. Listen, we can. <laughs> and uh, I, listen, uh, first of all, I, I um, something that Fred said maybe about a couple of minutes ago with regard to you know breaking barriers and things of that nature. And so, uh, strategically, I have each one of you on the line because inside of yourselves, you've broken different barriers and. Listen, y'all, look, we got two Kevins, y'all. Y'all see that? <laughs> Kevin, you're on two different. We got that. Listen, we're just going to leave it there. It don't matter. Um, uh, but each one of you have broken um, barriers in different areas. And so um, I, I wanted to just really come on board tonight and just kind of get uh, a sense of how you feel as individuals that, you know, are within my inner circle. And I, you know, I appreciate the information that each one of you had to share. So, um, you know, as, as we're going, um, and if you just had to give maybe a one minute elevated version, if you had to speak to, um, you know, how to, to help to give somebody just a, a piece of hope or, or help or how you, you know, walk through what you did this experience inside of the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, if you just had to give a piece of advice um, to any of the young men that are out there um, that would you know, what would that be? I'll go because uh, I've been having fighting internet issues the entire time. So uh, I just decided to switch over to my cell phone. You know, what, what's crazy is in the midst of going through that, that internet trauma, um, I came up with that, an acronym. And that acronym is PURE, right? That's uh, where I think I'm going to lead from here on out. And number one, it starts with protection. You know, obviously with uh, all the events that are happening, in this day and age, um, I think uh, you know what's whatever's going to happen this this November. You know we need to learn how to better protect ourselves. If you do have um, black men that um, go in in droves and you know protect themselves, protect their families uh, by uh, purchasing firearms, right, with the with the right intention to protect their family. I think that, you know, we can look at some change with the gun laws. We can look at, I think that will raise some eyebrows of why exactly are they doing this. So I think protection is number one. Number two is is unity, right? I think that we can all understand each other a lot better. Um, when you ask David that question of his uh, white counterparts, brothers and sisters, you know, I, I, I think about what some of them are thinking and a lot of them feel like, hey, I had to struggle too. They might not know what our struggle was about, but you know, the guy who lives in Fred's neighborhood is like, I'm 60 years old and uh, this 40 year old black guy on the news is my neighbor. What do you mean? He's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with him and his people. I mean, he, he's fine, right? And, and Fred is just, you know, he's a example of what goes right, but there's so many examples of what goes wrong. Um, you know, we've got, uh, where am I, P-U-R? Uh, reparations, right? We didn't discuss that at all, but you know, there's a huge wealth gap and uh, a lot of uh, people think that, you know what, why do we need that? That was so long ago. Well, you know, I made a Facebook post not long ago saying that I knew my great grandfather. His father lived on a slave plantation. So if I knew my great grandfather and his father lived on a slave plantation, 
I mean, man, we're not really that far removed from that. And if you think all this free labor that we contributed over the last 400 years or 250 years, whatever way you want to break it down, is not to be compensated for, I think that right now, uh, this particular day and age, we need to, this is our moment. This is the, the 10 minutes running down, well, 10 seconds running down on the clock where somebody needs to take the ball and run. And the, uh, the E is uh, education. You know, on, on everyone's side, whether it be uh, the Black, um, African-American, whether it be, you know, white, whether it be Hispanic, Asian, whatever. You know, we all need more education of what's going on in each other's communities. So I would say um, to anyone watching, you know, to stay pure. Protection, unity, reparations, as well as education. Okay, anybody else? Well, I take these notes. That was pretty good. Hey, hey, have you heard of redlining? <laughs> you know you live in Atlanta, man. Listen, dude. Look, but I'm, I'm gonna keep it real. I, did, I, I heard portions of it, but I never heard the terminology used. So, folks and judge me as well. That that was the E for education. <laughs> I'll send you something. You gotta watch you. It'll oh man. I'm just the one that admitted it. Okay. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> no, no, so, uh, you know. Um, there's this uh, there's this story that's floating around about uh, if you recall the two uh, white actresses that paid like a quarter million dollars to get their kids into college. Um, one was um, the girl from uh, Full House, the the mom from Full House, and yeah, the other one yeah. I forget what show she was in. Right. They 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 paid like six figures, multi six figures to get their daughters, I think, into college, and 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 the the penalty for that was like. I mean, like a like a, like, few, a, like a few months, few months in jail. If that, I think one of them if, spent like yeah, fourteen if, days exactly. or something like that. Some probation. But it was. The, it was. But then the mother who like, moved, yeah, the mother who put her kid, who basically falsified her address, to put her kid in a good public school because of where she lived. She wanted to put a kid in a public, a good public school that was not in her district. How much she time did you Cammy? Five years. Five years in jail. Five years for using the wrong for using her her somebody's address that she knows, and the and and they they spent hundreds of thousands keeping another qualified student from getting in, and literally got you know ten minutes you know or whatever as a sentence and stuff like that man, it just makes my blood boil, dude. I, I you know I I try I know I laugh a lot, but sometimes man, if I really if I really let it out, I am furious about the stuff that goes on in this world. You know, I'm like, you, you weren't supposed to hold it in, man. <laughs> you let it two. out. Let it, go ahead, let you it out. Cammy, we're going to let it. We, Cammy's going to bring up the part two, y'all. Flip the table. Dang, Cammy, though, my bad. There you, there you go, Cecil. There you go, Cecil. I'm going to take you to church, brother. No, listen, man. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, um, you know, like Tupac said, man, America eats his babies, man. You know, it's a vicious world out there. And, um, you know, we only have we only have so many years, bro. Like you don't even know when your time is up. You know what I mean? Our life is like a vapor, and it's gone and it's over. And um, I don't know. I just feel like this is like you said. I think somebody said this is our moment. It's our time. And and every time I get around, you know, you guys and have these conversations and listen to all that, I mean, come on, pure. Like I don't want to follow pure. You know, and I, I I hear these I hear these things, man, and I'm just like I'm I'm jacked up, man. You know, like let me play because I don't know when my season's gonna end. 
let me let me let me get on the field let me make something happen let me make a mess and we'll clean it up later you know what i mean just do something that's how i feel and that's it cam out <laughs> so we got martin kevin gray and we got malcolm Cammy's. <laughs> that's no, no, no. I, you know, I, and I, you know, I bring humor to certain things, but that's actually real, Cammy. I'm glad that you actually expressed that because it is in the hearts of some people. I want, you know, that level of expression to come out. So, you know, no, no censorship on you. You know that, Bobby. Appreciate you, know? you So, um, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, you know, Fred, David, any closing words? I see. So did you go? I see. So did you? Win? I think. Not, not yet. But I'm, I'm okay. Whenever you're ready. We ready. Do it up. Um, the, the, the big thing I'll take away, so your question, Elam, was how do we move forward? Yeah, I mean, just with, with regard to just, a, a, you know, a, a sense of advice for, you know, individuals out there that might be feeling like Cammy, how he just, you know, his level of expression, that there's something inside that, that he's feeling, yep. um, you know, you know, just a, a piece of, a, just a nugget of, of advice for, you know, how to channel that. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that we need to one is understand the power that we truly do have. Um, the news, not not news relative to media. I think the news amongst us, our families, et cetera, makes you makes you think that you can't enact change, right? Because we're not in the rooms in certain places. But if you truly know the power of things that you, as an American citizen, can do to enact change, um, it becomes very, very. It's like a small world at that point. So you got to really understand how you can enact change in the United States and actually follow through on that. Uh, Twitter warriors and Facebook likes or hates or all that stuff don't mean a damn thing if you ain't getting out and voting, understanding what you're voting for, understanding how you can engage the people that are running and not allowing corrupt people to help run our country like we are today in many and, and sadly on both sides of the aisle. Um, right. the, 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 the thing that's helping me move forward, Elon, to answer your question directly is I'm very, I'm so proud of the new generation of kids um, that okay. uh, that really good parents that are attentive and want to be good people have raised right. the, the colors of the rainbow that are representative of a plight of individuals currently um, and recognizing that the system needs to be fixed and it's just not fair and they're not okay with that. I'm going to see that in heartwarming for me. That helps me to move forward and continue to fight in the way that I am. And, and the other thing I'll say, Elon, I'll challenge all of us to do, because we do this a lot, um, is we got to stop putting people in buckets, right? Okay. All white people X, all black people X, or or trying to have us weigh in on situations when you you all know there's black people that you like, that brother's crazy. <laughs> and he's off or she's off. And it's the same thing in the white organization, is the white organization. In the white uh, um, ethnic groups, it's the same thing in the other ethnic groups as well. We have to be my the, the reason why I say that's important is because we have been we have been crabs in a pot for so long that we don't recognize we have allies wanting to assist us. Um, and okay. A big piece of the plan that we always <clears throat> fail is we think that anybody trying to help us or assist us or be on our side because they've been raised right to know that fair is right. We generally tend to ostracize them with our BS. And we got to avoid that. Okay. Okay. Stacey with negative three. <laughs> um, 
And so uh, I don't know, Fred or David, if you have anything else or whatever, but uh, I wanted really to take quick, a Just really quickly to bounce off of what Cecil said, what, I, what I've said to people quietly, well, like just a couple of people who were really close to me is that um, like the last thing that Cecil said is so important that we, and this is where the conversation needs to go actually in the new generational leadership. I think that we need to start having the conversation about how we are, about how we think, about how we have, how we how we process this because it's the same thing when you are in a um, when you're in a, a abusive relationship and you break free from an abusive relationship you have to change the way you think about things you can't you may have you may have gotten by in survival mode but you can't thrive in survival mode right that, that. and so that's kind of what Cecil hit on you know when you have allies who are here to help you you can't you you have to realize you have to see that for what it is. And in that, transform your thinking to take you to, you know, a different, a different level, a different, um, a different position than where, than where our forefathers 40 years ago got us. You know, it's, it's time to start having a different conversation about how we're managing ourselves and how we're thinking about things. And, and that was really, Fred, was the crux of this conversation. I know we kind of veered in different directions, but it's really more of just uncovering, just acknowledging that those feelings exist, Right. And then simultaneously working towards having, you know, a, a better path forward, whether it's pure, because uh, uh, Kevin, I'm going to hit you back later on with the other, I got the, the R and the E, so I'm going to hit you with the, with the pure part, all right? That was pretty good. I'm, I'm going to use that on stage, all right? And may I? <laughs> you got to give me credit the first time, and then after that, you can have this, <laughs> but it, it's it's pretty it's protection, unity, reparations, and education. That that's my particular plan. Yeah, and uh, protection, unity, reparations, and education. And I think that that's that's that speaks a lot. And uh, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, again, I want to thank you guys for just coming on board tonight. Just this is just uh, having a moment of touching on the conversation because this is really not something that you can just even break down within you know, 30, 40 minutes or whatever the case would be, four, five conversations we can have. And, uh, you know, but it's, it's, it's just beginning the conversation of knowing that, hey, you might feel some type of way um, and that, you know, you need to also express how you feel about that. And then also, you know, just prepare a path forward that, that that's just, you know, going to be more progressive for you and for your family. Um, uh, if you, you know, just to wrap up, if you guys could just share, you know, your 30 second elevated version and any closing remarks and that's 30 seconds, not like the, <laughs> no long windedness. Okay. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, Fred, Fred, who, 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 let them know. <laughs> no, I just think it's, I mean, just to, just to reiterate, I think we have to go into, um, our situations, our workplaces and, you know, our Zoom calls or however how we're socializing with an open mind, you know, ready to engage and ready to receive people uh, because we are in a very unique, like I say, honeymoon stage where people are receptive and you have to be able to extend grace in this moment in order to move forward. Absolutely. No, where, where can they find you, Fred? Where can they find you? You can find me, again, at Fred WCNC on Twitter, The Real Fred Shropshire on Instagram, and Fred Shropshire WCNC on Facebook. Cool beans. Kevin, where can they find you, man? All right, I don't know if you said Kevin. 
I'll go since uh, K G R A Y. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can find me at facebook.com forward slash KDG23 or Instagram at Kevin Dream Gray. Um, I pretty much just have to piggyback off of uh, what everyone said tonight. I completely agree. Um, you know, to the young Fred, make sure that your hands are 10 and 2 or on top of the steering wheel. Um, you, you know, let's make sure that we understand where other people are coming from. Let's not block our blessings. Uh, you know, I think that was the point of one of uh, Cecil's talking points. You know, not, let's not block our blessings by um, shielding, you know, the people that would like to help us away. Um, you know, I, I, I know Cammy had a lot of Malcolm X moments and, you know, we got to be angry about this, but at the same time, we got to be controlled. And, um, you know, like David said, you know, David uh, is, is someone that we can learn a lot from. So, you know, once again, let's... Malcolm. Hey, we got another name for you there, Cammy. That's hilarious. <laughs> building. Hey, David, what's up, sir? Where can they find you, man? Sure. So, open word or closing words, I would say, just the open-mindedness on both sides and just not this, this stigmata, you know what I mean? You we're only exposed to what we're exposed. And I think in these conversations of not that prejudgment that I'm just supposed to know, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, coming from up North moving South, it's two completely different worlds. Um, you live in Jersey, like everything's just so diverse and it's just so far ahead of you know where we are in the South. Like these conversations, you know, I don't know if I would have had those in the same living up North, you know? So I think it's just the open-mindedness on both and just actually listening to listen not listening to answer and just assume, you know. Right. Um, you can find me at the Refined Gentleman on Instagram and on Facebook. Who Cecil? Let him know, sir. Uh, you can find me at uh, Cecil C E C I L dot Burrows B U R R O W E S one on Instagram. Uh, Cecil Burrows on Facebook, um, and the Benedict Society on Instagram. Um, great conversation, uh, great dialogue relative to our times. Um, learned a lot, learned some different perspectives on some different things, but it's never ending, gentlemen. Um, right. We, we got to be parents, but we got to be parents of the movement as well. To Fred's point, um, the old playbook is, is, is dying out. We need new people, right. new approaches to make this thing truly work. Right. And, uh, and, and thank you again, gentlemen. We are going to have, uh, you know, Ongoing dialogue. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do a holiday version of the album. So we'll be back. <laughs> um, I, well, but um, thank you again to everybody who um, who follows on the Understanding a Man podcast. Of course, you can uh, follow us on uh, Elon B King on Facebook, Elon B King on Instagram as well, and uh, we're available on Anchor under Understanding a Man, which is available on whether you have iTunes or overcast or the other myriad of ones uh, you can definitely find us there and thank you to all of our subscribers and you can actually catch this video also on the youtube understanding a man as well thank you gentlemen uh we're gonna do the hey listen we're gonna do like the best man holiday version of this like november <laughs> hey listen they was quiet tonight y'all they was they, you know they, everybody reserved i know cam you turned up for like 10 seconds but you know, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
You are a mess, man. You are a mess. Coming in. But, uh, all right. Watch the news. All you want to support our boy, Fred Shropshire. Yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? That's for real. Is it 11 live? 6 p.m. Yeah. Coming in. Just like the heat up. I write what I live. I like the heat up. Hashtag blessed. Just like the demeanor. Feeding my fans. 